0: That's one of the key steps in understanding the Bible when we expect the Holy Spirit to show up and to work amongst us. In Acts 2, it says they were all in one mind and one accord. And the Holy Spirit came in and he set upon each of them. Does anybody want that? <laughs> Where's the Holy Spirit? Sets upon each of us to unite us in purpose, in God's plan, to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, that collectively we can do more than we can individually, and he will send us out into the world to be witnesses for him. Did anybody witness this week, this past week? Did anybody... Share your three words with somebody and encourage somebody because somebody in the world needs it. Amen. Somebody in your community needs it. We are a work in progress. All of us. Amen? Amen? Amen. Look to your neighbor and say, you're a work in progress. Now I look at him and say, no, you're a real piece of work. <laughs> <world>. <laughs> Is that your costume, Earl? <laughs> Earl's the one moving. Um, he was talking to Amy in Moo language, I guess. We do want you to do that and continue to do that throughout the next few weeks here be an encouragement to somebody because as I just said there's somebody that needs it and you don't have to look far you're not going to have to worry and ponder and be perplexed about who should I go talk to and I wonder if they need encouragement we all need encouragement amen so God is working on us and we went through last week and After I got home and I got to thinking about it, I never even read a verse. And (laughs) they tell you, you know, in in ministry classes, when you go and prepare for ministry, they tell you to always use a verse and then put it in context and then preach about it and then inspire somebody and and encourage somebody, exhort somebody to do the work that the verse said. And somehow I ended up talking for 40 some minutes, right? Yeah, too long. So Leslie says always. And, but I felt like um, it set the stage or the foundation for this series, so, and then again this week I've got some stuff to talk about, but I really don't have the verse that we're standing on, so here we are again. Um, Just a work in progress. I think this sermon series is just a work in progress that God has something to say to us. and. As I said last week, what I want you to think about the most is stop worrying about perfection and begin worrying about progression, that we want to progress and move forward and grow in our faith. Apostle Paul once told one of the churches, you know, I would love to tell you some of these deeper things of God, but you're babes in Christ and you couldn't stand it if I gave it to you. I can't give you the meat of the word because you're still on milk. So that tells us that there is a growing yes. in our relationship with Christ. That just like a little baby, there was one back there on the back row. I don't know where she's at, but she she's got wings wherever wherever she's at. It's probably back like there in the nursery or something playing. But just as this those little babies are tiny humans. Can't talk yet, really, other than Ammon knows what she wants (laughs) by the sound of her cry. Well, I mean, Tegan knows what she wants. That's what I meant to say. Sorry, I I got confused there. Now our flowers fell over. It'll mess up the YouTube video. Joe Don, you're going to have to do that. I'm not doing that with a mic. Yeah, you you go ahead and get that done. That's going to bother me all throughout. That's a work in progress, our... Flower station. It makes me look better. I was worried about, you know, the aesthetics of the video. Actually, they probably can't see it over Joe's head anyway because the camera's angled about right there. Several people messaged this morning and said they're watching online. So, thank you for watching online. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. Spirit knows no bounds. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, so if he can meet us here, he can meet them there. The people that will listen to this on podcasts this week as they're driving the road, going to work, doing whatever they're doing and listening to the sermon, the Spirit will meet them right where they're at in their truck. You can listen to these podcasts in your grass with your earbuds in, probably not this week. Coming, it's going to be cold. <coughs> A work in progress. So last week, it, when we ended, I was talking about the three parts to the human existence that, according to Scripture, our existence is made up of three parts, and that is spirit, soul and body. Everybody I say that with me? Spirit, spirit soul, soul and body. Now look at your neighbor and say, you got a lot going on. <laughs> uh, it's a lot to tackle. It's a whole lot to tackle there. I was telling Dennis this morning as I walked over and see him sitting over there. and I woke up this morning and Dennis was on my heart and I was like, I haven't seen him for a little while. i to have to message him and tell him I need to see him in church and as always we get busy and wasn't able to do it this morning because heading to church and getting all this doing all this stuff and then I go back here and sit and talk to Chris and look over and there's Dennis sitting there. Everybody say I love you, Dennis. <laughs> he loves he loves us back and I, I never doubt that the bridge is Dennis's church. I never ever <laughs> doubt that. I know that it is. And Dennis is a part of this church. And sometimes if he isn't for here for a while, as Apostle Paul said, I'm not there with you in the body, but I'm there with you in the spirit. Right. Amen. Amen. Amen? So even when we can't be here in body, we can be here in spirit. And I know that the Bridge Church touches many 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 lives and I'm thankful for that yes. that we have a spirit a soul and a body yes. and God allows us in our existence to have all three and possess all three as our unique makeup of who we are First Thessalonians five twenty three says that we are all created with three parts, spirit, soul, and a body. So if you're looking for a verse to back that up, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, that we were created with three parts. How many knows to create something, you have to have some matter in order to create that thing. So you can have an imagination and draw it down and have a theory about how it would work. Edison, if I can get this glass ball to hold a shape, if I have some kind of connectors to an external source to put in a positive and a negative, If I get this certain filament that won't burn out inside of it with a certain gas inside of that bowl, I could create a light bulb. So he had a theory, and he had a drawing. He had a concept. What if he would have left it at that and went no further? All he would have had was a good idea. Now, is that intellectual property? It probably is. They consider it property. They call it intellectual property. So he could have had all that, wrote that down, drew that, had a reasoning and a purpose and a theory, and had all these backings that he's got of this uh, engineering degrees that he's got, and people working on his staff that's proven that it will work. But if you never go in the lab, and you never blow a bulb, and you never connect wires, and you never never put the filament in it, You won't know whether to work or not. You have to have the substance, the matter, in order to prove your theory. Follow me? And once he said, I forget the exact quote, but it's something like 800, he said, I don't know how to make a light bulb yet, but I know 889 times how to not make it. (laughs) I've tried that, that didn't work. Right? What he was saying was this is a work in progress in other words I'm not giving up (laughs) I'm not going to throw this baby out with the bathwater and say it's impossible I've got it on paper I've got a vision for what I need done and I'm going to keep moving and I'm going to keep applying myself and I'm going to keep going back to the lab and day in and day out failure in failure out do whatever, come what may, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm trying. Because if I can get this to work, it's going to change humanity forever. He had already had all kinds of inventions. He, he didn't need to go down in the history books. He's already there. And Edison goes through all these things and he, he ends up, the finally, you know, the, the, when the light bulb lit and it stayed burning and he had a certain uh, element inside of it and a certain gas that caused it not to burn out and he had it, had it designed and it worked. Can you imagine when the light came on and it stayed on and it didn't burn out? The exhilaration inside of him that said, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. And I'm sure that he ran up and down the street corners telling everybody, I found the answer. I've got the solution. Me and Leslie went a few years ago and for one of our anniversaries and stayed down in Louisville. And we stayed at the what was it? I know what it was. What was it? It was the DuPont Mansion. Is that it? (laughs) I got it. DuPont Mansion. Anybody ever stayed in a mansion? If you haven't, that's a good one to go to. It's downtown Louisville in the old part of Louisville. And bed and breakfast, it's awesome. You only get one room. You don't get the whole house. You just get one. <laughs> That's all you can get one room. So I, I encourage you if you got an anniversary uh, and you're looking for something to do, man, that would be a good one to go to. It's a nice place. Feed you breakfast. Tell you the story about how Louisville was because of King Louis and it's Louisville why Louisville's named that, and went through all kinds of stuff, and they began to tell us about how that, that when the light bulb was created that they brought them down to Louisville for the World's Fair, and they set them up and had, I forget what it was, like 1,800 light bulbs there and and had them all glowing, and at, at nighttime before that, you had gas lamps out on the streets, and gas will put off light but not like electricity, and people began to come – And the World's Fair couldn't end because people were so inspired by this little bitty creation that he had worked so hard in the laboratory on, they had to come and see it. So the richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor come from near and far. It went on for years that the fair could not end because everybody had to come and see these light bulbs burning. The work in progress that he did. You'd make fun of it today. They was DC. And we know today AC, you know he would probably still punch me in the face for saying this if some standing here, but AC's better. <laughs> we would laugh at what they were amazed by because technology has continued even to today so the LED bulbs you know the difference right an old incandescent you screw in and now it went to fluorescent and now we're at LED you know what that means that lighting is still a work in progress and if you think for a second that LEDs are the final stage of lighting No way. Because there's always something more. It's never ending when you're a work in progress. So think about this with me. On that thought, that whenever it finally lit and stayed lit, people couldn't help but come and see what is going on. And just hearing somebody that had been there was not good enough. (laughs) Come on, somebody. The three words you're going out there and saying is sparking an interest in somebody that says what in the world is going on down there at the bridge and why has their life transformed and I'm still laying here in a ditch. Well, I need to go hear for myself what's going on. So when we talk about revival or these moments of illumination, That God awakens our heart. He awakens our mind. And he awakens this body to do something different than normal. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? Uh Uh-uh. I'm going to let it shine. Why? Why would the world need the light of the gospel? Because without it, where are they going to go? Can anybody remember, how many saved in here? Just uh, raise your hand. If you, if you feel like you're saved and you're going to heaven, Amen. if something happens right now, the rapture happens, or, or, or you take your last breath, I'm going to heaven, okay? You remember what it's like being in darkness? I do. Scared to death to go to sleep. Why? Because if I don't wake up, I'm not going to a good place, Rick. I knew it. It was internalized in me. I knew it, and I needed the light of the gospel and I'd heard the gospel enough. I've heard it from Kermit Richmond. I've heard it from uh, Raymond Willis. I've heard it from Carl uh, Wells. I've heard, it, I've heard it from preachers and preachers and preachers all through my childhood would go, sit on the back row, stand up for an altar call, cling onto a pew or a seat, and would not walk forward. But one day I ended up in a church where that I knew I had to that day Give my life to Jesus because what had happened to me and scared me to death, i told the story enough, I won't bore you with it again. But I'm telling you, there was a light that I needed to get me out of the darkness. And that light was Jesus Christ himself is the light of the world. He's the, he's the city set upon the hill. You know, there's some people saying today that America is the city set upon the hill to tell the whole world how to act. Hogwash. If it wasn't for Jesus, this country would be nothing. Amen, he is the light of the world, not me, not America. Jesus is the light of the world, and anything we put before him is an idol. Got to be careful. So, what if these works in progress, all amongst us here today, We're all Jesus' little lab rats. <laughs> right, Corey? He's working on us. Amen? How many knows that? He, he's working on us. How many feels like he's working on you? He, he's, still, he's still moving things. He's, he's shifting things. He's still, he's still speaking in your ear. He's still calling out your name in the morning and waking you up. He, he's still answering when you call out to him and plead to him. He's still working. What if we would all go to that place of transformation from darkness to light that this world needs? That's the work in progress he needs from us. So I'm going to read the rest of this first. There's three parts, a spirit, a soul, and a body. Everybody say that, a spirit, soul, and body. Then it goes on and says, and the God of peace. The God of peace. How many like to have some peace? Peace of mind. (laughs) Peace in your heart. Peace that allows your body to rest, right? The God of peace himself sanctify you wholly. And may your spirit, your soul, and your body be preserved, complete, without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Without blame. So in this verse... I think we can conclude that God is interested in all three. All three parts of this existence that we are in, God is interested in all three. If this verse in Thessalonians, Paul's telling the church, God is interested and he's going to sanctify wholly your spirit, your soul, and your body. You see, sometimes we want to give God pieces of us. And God, I'll let you save me. But then this flesh that I'm living in is enticed by things. And I want to keep that part. I'm going to keep the body part. You can have have my spirit, God. But my mind will, my emotions, that's my soul. I I want to keep that. I'll tell you what. Just go ahead and save my spirit. And I'll I'll play around and dabble with these two. And I'll, I'll just keep them good for you. Is that what he wants? Because just like the light bulb, it has to have the shell, it has to have the gas, and it has to have the filament. Three parts, and without any one of those three parts, the light bulb will not work. And God is a work in pro- has a work in progress for you. Your physical body. Because some people say, God ain't worried about that. All he's worried about getting you to heaven. Really? Then why would Jesus walk up to that blind man and spit in a mud and put it on his face and say, now you can see? Amen. So see, we can't make these doctrines or these beliefs according to what we want or what we think When the Bible says something completely different. Look at your neighbor and say, God cares about your body. I'm talking about your physical body. And if your heart is broke, if your heart is out of rhythm, if your heart has some blockages, I'm talking about physical heart. God cares. And he's our healer. He's the God that heals us. He cares about your body physically. Why? Because he created man out of dust of the earth and he formed him and molded him in what? In his image. He cared enough that everything else, Corey, he spoke into existence. Let the sea be there. Let the ground and the the mountains be there. He spoke things into existence. But when it comes to humanity, he got down on the ground and he formed us out of a mud ball and said, I'm going to make them like me. I'm going to get thoroughly involved in this because this one matters and I'm going to work on it with diligence and I care because it's a work in progress. And I don't know according to the timeline it's on the sixth day. I, I get that. But when God is doing that, how long did that progress take? Can you imagine him taking a lot of effort and saying, "Well, I need him to have an armpit. <laughs> I need to make sure I work on that you know get get a little concavity there, and I'm going to let sweat glands grow underneath of there and I'm going to form them like me. <laughs> two arms, two legs. A big blob sitting on top of some shoulders. <laughs> Earl, why are you laughing? <laughs> you was thinking about Amy, wasn't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but the detail he put into it and the effort he put into it to making it us. A nose with some tunnels that leads to some internal organs called lungs. Some sockets to put some other flesh in made up of different pieces to make eyeballs that could see. Dolly to the eardrums. He made them. So we could hear. Give us a nervous system. And you, you've seen all this stuff. You've took enough college classes in nursing. How complex. This machine. That we walk around in. And scripture says we were Fearfully and wonderfully made in his image your body's still a work in progress just as little Ansley Alan she's a work in progress (laughs) smartest little fella I know her wheels have been turning for a long time, and she just uh, amazes me because it's a work in progress. <coughs> She's still got growing to do, become fully mature. I'm moving this back. And put that down in the floor, and I won't get down there, I promise. I'll be Pastor Wells. I'm taking after him right now, breaking stuff. all three parts God is interested in yes, is. so if you need healing in your body your physical body I want us to pray Amen. that God would do his perfect work yes. if you're sick in your body And you're dealing with some stuff. I want us to pray together. And believe together. How many believes God can heal? How many believes God does heal? That didn't end with the last apostle. (laughs) He's still in the healing business. How many's got some testimonies of somebody in your family, maybe yourself, that you know without a shadow of a doubt they have been healed? I believe in healing. Grab your neighbor by the hand. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today for the work that you did when you created us out of the dust of the ground. And God, that you wretched down and you formed us and molded us in your image. And that every component of every person sitting in this room, God, that it is a work in progress. And God, what the enemy has stretched out and tried to destroy just as he did with Job, God, you brought all things back. You brought health to his bones. That Job was made whole for what the enemy meant to steal, kill, and destroy. You came that he would have life and life more abundantly. And God, for every person in this room that's watching right now online that will listen later, God, I pray, as they have an issue in the body. We know your word is true. We know that you healed the sick and that were diseased among us. And Jesus, as you walked on this earth and touched, in an instant things were made whole. People that could not see began to see. People that could not walk begin to walk. God, I pray that you touch, even now, these bodies. These bodies. From the least to the greatest. From the youngest to the oldest. God, just move amongst us and heal your people. God, I pray for those in our community today. For those that don't know you. God, I pray as a church that we would believe in this healing so much and we know that it is a possibility and God, a a thing that you do in this life and that you love our bodies so much that you bled on the cross of Calvary but not only that, that you took 39 stripes on your back and it says by your stripes we are healed. God, let us go into our community to those that are dealing with these physical ailments God that the enemy is trying to take them out and God let us lay hands on the sick and pray a prayer of faith and it will heal the sick just as it says in James 5 God let your word rise up in the church that we would speak words in boldness declaring you are a healer do what only you can do Because, God, we're testifying right now, we can't. We cannot fix it. But you can. We put our faith and our trust wholly in you. God, I pray you work on these bodies. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Everybody say that with me in Jesus' name. Say it like there's somebody around you that's dependent upon this healing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we declare it to be true, God, your word, in our life and in our hearts. God, we thank you, God. You're the great healer, you're the great physician. That you can do exceedingly great more, God do what only you can do. God, help us today. Help us today. Help us today, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.